Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, a podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. Uh, Today we're focusing on employee benefits and I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Anne Barker, who is the Sales and Partnership Director at Excelect. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you very much, Jeff, and thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. So, you know, quick intro then, Anne. Excelect, mm. um, you know, em- employee benefits is a is an area that your business specialises in, but it's something very important to me in, in my business uh, as an executive headhunter. So do you want to just give us a, a brief overview as to what you do, who you are? And- yeah, okay, well... We are a Bristol-based whole-of-market broker. That whole-of-market part is important because it means that we can work with all the benefit providers in the market. We're not restricted at all. Um, We're regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority to provide advice. And we are a small, I suppose, we specialise in benefits for SME businesses, and we are one. There are 12 of us, and... um, you know, it's so we understand what small businesses go go through because we, we we are one. And so I suppose really our USP is that whole of market thing. Yeah. And really going making sure that customers can get access to the best products at the best prices. And my role it's quite important really because um a lot of the clients that come to us come from um third party introducers we work with lots of hr consultants and financial advisors for instance and so it's very very important to all of us to make sure that if somebody refers one of their precious clients to us that we we always give them feedback and progress reports nobody wants to feel that those precious clients have just sort of disappeared into a a black hole and they never hear anything so my role is all about the uh, partnership relationships and and trying to make it easy for our partners to talk about employee benefits and uh, and then also you know helping the team and um, I, I mean it was just me really in our sales team when when I joined in 2019 but over the last oh, 12 18 months employee benefits has been so so busy yeah and um, so my team has expanded <laughs> so in my Good little stuff. bit there are now now three of us so yeah Great. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Um, as I said at the start, you know, employee benefits from a recruitment point of view, it's it's something that is just, it's intrinsic to the whole process. You know, if, if you haven't got competitive benefits for your employees, whether it's at shop floor level or at, you know, director level and, and main board, you know, it can impact hiring and, and retention and things like that. So mm-hmm. j- just um, in, in terms of, you know, the current situation, Anne, what, what are your yes. clients saying about attracting and, and retaining talent and the challenges that they're having around benefits? Yeah. Well, they are having those challenges, that's for sure. <laughs> um, different things, really. Sometimes we find that um, mainly it's attracting at, at the moment. Okay. People are saying that they can't even get candidates to come to job interviews. That, that's one of the things. I can't even get them to go to the interview, let alone actually interview anybody to, to choose someone. Yes. Once they get people, they don't tend to have a problem with retention, although they go through peaks and troughs of, of that. But generally, it's finding the right people with the right skills. And I think a lot of businesses are recognising how competitive 
the world is now for the best employees. And yeah. so a lot of them are, are trying to find ways of being the employer of choice and making themselves stand out. So that's where I come in, really, and um, and try and give them some ideas of how they can do that. But I've had clients talking to me about having job positions available for months. Yeah. Months. Yeah. And that really affects productivity, growth, everything, doesn't it, really? When of course, yes. It's a, it's a frustration for for boards, for, for the HR team in that company, mm. you know, uh, looking to fill those positions. And if they're using an external recruiter, you know, it, it's, um, mm. you know, it sometimes does boil down to if you can, you know, there are always candidates out there, but whether you can actually get yeah. those candidates to join your business ultimately, yes. particularly if they're already mm. working for someone else, that that's where the, the critical stage is really, because you're, you're immediately, you're competing with their existing employers benefits structure. Yes. So, um, yeah, yes. being able to access the whole market through a through a broker like yourselves is, you know, can can give a, a, a business a, a bit of competitive advantage. There are certain sectors as well uh, that that struggle more. Obviously, sectors like the, the care sector, quite yeah. low paid, um, very much in demand. Technology is another one as well. I mean, since the pandemic, where I think people have realised that increasingly they don't have to be in london to get a london salary yep <laughs> you know they could actually do, do their job from wherever they are most of the time maybe just travel into the office once once or twice a month then um that's made it hard for technology businesses and um also technology one that's come up a few times with technology clients is um trying to trying to find a tech a technical person with all that you know, there's, there's skills I haven't got, the technical skills, <laughs> but combined with the communication skills. Yes. That's an interesting one, particularly where they're operating a service desk or something like that. So actually the technology and then building the relationships with the clients, that's one that um, they, they often struggle with. So, yeah, in some sectors more than others, I'd say. Yeah. Well, um, what are the, what are the, the sort of common misconceptions uh, about benefits so it was my is my belief that i think a lot of small businesses probably think that they're too small to offer benefits i think that's one thing i think a lot of them think it's very expensive and they can't compete and then also they might start a project of trying to, to do something and then they just run out of time you know what it's like with juggling that to, to do list so yeah the, the first thing, you'll <laughs> be sorry you asked me this now, but um, the, the first thing is actually very small businesses can access benefits. So you can actually do employee benefits with, with as few as three employees. Okay. Whole of market from five. So some providers will quote for three, some won't. But at five, you can normally access the whole of the market. So uh, that's that myth. That's, that's that one done. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing is affordability. Again, I think businesses imagine that it's for the big boys and that they can't afford to do anything. But actually, employee benefits start at £1 a week per employee. And there are so many things, things like um, uh, death in service, you know, um, life cover and uh, a lovely little plan called the health cash plan that just 
are what employees seem to want in their lives. And they do, I mean, the health cash plan particularly just does so many things, discounts and virtual GP, employee assistance program, and being able to claim back the teeth and glasses and all that. Just every business we talk to just almost like, where have you been all my life? It's, yeah. it's such a low cost thing that does a lot of things. And then really when it comes to not knowing where to start, it is a case of, I think for us and our team is just trying to help people through the choices and make some suggestions as the type of things that might fit in. Because of course, every business is every business is different. They might have different age demographic for a start. And they're thinking, yeah. you know, what is it that uh, I could offer that's going to appeal to everybody? Small businesses sometimes think they can't compete with larger companies. Yeah. Um, they And you were saying about bespoke, uh, is it possible to create a bespoke package? Well, if, um, if businesses are trying to attract their employees from larger businesses, those employees will be used to having a whole range of yeah. things. So they will be used to having death in service. They'll probably be used to having some sort of sick pay. They'll also be used to maybe having private medical insurance. And so... There's no reason why why businesses can't actually match up with that on a, on a much smaller scale. You know, you could be trying to attract somebody from a thousand person business, but actually with five people in your business, you could still offer a lot of those things. Yeah. Mm. What, what are the other, you know, sort of really common ones? I know the death in services is, is you know, mm. it's, it's become more popular since the pandemic. What are the other sort of, you know, really popular mm. benefits at the moment? Well, I think there's two. Actually, we, we've had a look at this over the last couple of years of which have been our most popular three. And death in service is one of those. Okay. <laughs> Health cash plan, as I mentioned to you, that that is. And that's because it does a lot of things. Uh, it does a lot of things for a low cost. And, you know, some businesses, for instance, will be having to pay for their employees to have eye tests yeah. under the um, DSE legislation. Well, if they have a health cash plan, employees can go and have their eye tests and claim back for it. And that fulfills that legal requirement. The other thing, actually, with the health cash plan, and it's another reason why it's been so popular, is um, I don't know about you, but a lot of people had to move to working from home. And I know they're all supposed to have their desk assessments and everything, but a lot of people were struggling with neck and shoulder things. And yeah. so um, I must admit, I claimed the annual limit on my, <laughs> my health cash plan, and, yeah. you know, acupuncture and everything, because everybody sat on their sofa or their beds hunched over their laptop and all of a sudden that starts to play a part and so being able to claim back for physiotherapy and at the moment discounts is very important uh or discounts are important because employers can't always give pay rises can they pay rise on pay rise but actually you could give somebody four percent off their weekly shopping on a permanent basis so that's popular. And a health cash plan can also include an employee assistance program. And I think particularly at the moment and through the pandemic as well, people go through so much, weren't they, in their lives, you know, and, and how can an employer possibly know how to help an employee with all those things that it might be, you know, they might have financial worries they might have relationship worries or health worries and some people are carers for parents and for children and they've just got so much 
going on that it, it's hard bereavement as well that's another one it's yeah. hard for employers to know how to help their employees with that so if you can include an employee assistance program where there's access to counsellors either on an app or telephone or even face-to-face counselling some employers actually pay for employees to have counselling well if you've got an EAP with some face-to-face counselling in there that has been important and and popular yeah. and That's then good for I'm building sure... culture isn't it yes good for building oh, culture in the business yes it definitely it definitely is and um I suppose the other one, and I know it won't surprise you, but private medical insurance is really probably one of the most popular things at the moment for for a couple of reasons. Obviously, the NHS is struggling. Uh, I read yesterday, actually, and I I read a different statistic last week, but I read yesterday that one in five people in the UK now have private medical insurance. Now, that'll either be through work or we've noticed that people are taking it out for themselves for the first time. So, you know, if you've got an employer trying to think, well, what can I offer my employees that they're going to value at the moment? When you know that one in five people (laughs) have got it or are taking it out, you know that that's going to be a popular thing. Yeah. Because nobody wants to be on that 7.2 million waiting list, do they? No, absolutely Business, there's a business side to that as well, isn't there? Again, if you've got somebody off waiting for an operation and unable to be productive, you want that person back to work. So, yeah, that's so those three, really. Health cash plan, including an EAP, death in service and private medical insurance. They, those are the three. Great. Well, thanks for sharing mm. those. And, and just listening mm. to that range of, uh, of, of benefits, clearly there there are benefits to the the individual the employee and the business as well so it's a it's a yes. win-win for everybody isn't it yeah okay yes. um so i've heard of flexible benefits what are they what what are the advantages of flexible benefits well i would say the main advantage is that they allow uh the benefits to be tailored to the individual so you know if you've let's say you've got somebody that is 20 young free and single and so death in service isn't going to be of interest to them because they're invincible they're never going to die (laughs) (laughs) um whereas you might have somebody there with a family who would actually appreciate maybe having a bit more death in service so a flexible benefits uh, platform that's the way it's delivered allows people to uh, choose what they what they have to a certain extent there will always be core benefits that are on there and the employer can dictate that but yeah. if somebody uh oh and there can be things on the platform where which allows them to buy and sell holidays um we we tend to say that um flexible benefits generally are more suitable for businesses with 50 or more employees okay and the reason the reason for that is that that platform, that portal needs setting up and tailoring. It needs all the benefit choices feeding in there. It needs branding. So creating it, there's a fee to create it. Yeah. And if you've got 20 employees saying you could probably um, buy an awful lot of benefits for the same amount as it would be to co- to set up the platform. Yeah. But the advantage of it is is really that the information is all in one place. For a lot of HR managers, it saves them an awful lot of time because they could just direct people to the portal. Yes. Um, but they, they, they work well with businesses the way they are quite are used to 
using technology and they embrace technology where people are not like that and they're not really interested in in being on their phone because you normally they, they can they can access all the, the details about their benefits 24 hours a day wherever they are but if you've got people that aren't engaged with technology or if you've got people where they've never had any benefits before at all sometimes it doesn't quite it doesn't quite fit. Yeah. Um, plus, it can restrict the choice of benefits a little bit because not all providers will, will allow their benefits to be flexed. So you've got to have that ability to say, well, actually, this person wants to have five times death in service and they want to use part of the amount their employer is willing to give them to, to buy that. Um, so does that, does that mean... Mm -hmm. um, if, if a business had a, a flexible benefits scheme, does that mean that different mm. people can have different levels of whatever benefits are in the package to choose from? Yes, there has to be a choice and there will okay. normally be a, a minimum level. Yeah. And they, and the business can also, they can dictate who, who can have certain things. So it's not uncommon, for instance, for a business to put in private medical insurance for the senior managers. Yeah. and senior leaders so if that was the case they they might um they might not make it available to everybody but there'll be other things on there that they can choose from so they could choose to 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 buy um say higher levels of death in service they could choose to pay a higher pension contribution yeah um that's that sort of thing Okay. But um, yeah, as I say, they tend to, tend to be for fifty and above. I would say. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, without sort of disclosing details of any specific clients, um, mm. do you see any common disagreements between mm. what the, for example, the HR directors suggest and what the, the mm. CEO or CFO or you know owner of the of the business uh, agree to, mm. and, and and what are the reasons behind those? Typically, any anything yeah. to share. Yeah, well, everyone is really, everyone's different, I suppose. And it's always interesting to try to find out who makes the final decision. Um, and there are ways of getting around things to a certain extent. I mean, I had one recently, actually, where <laughs> I had two directors. One was an HR director and the other was... I can't remember if he was the chief executive now or the financial controller. And he actually said to me, you know, we're really quite mean and we don't want to offer a lot of stuff. We don't want to pay for a lot of stuff. And the HR manager said to me after he'd gone off the call, I don't agree with that. I think we should be offering a lot of things to people. Anyway, yeah. um, in the end, I, I showed her the health cash plan. And she said, I really like that and everybody like it and it's not going to cost much. And, and so what I did was I helped her put something together where she could then communicate it. And she came back within a day to say, yeah, we're going to do that. So yeah. sometimes it is a case of trying to help the HR manager in communicating it, the advantages of that sort of thing. Um, I would say the other the other one really is uh, often it is down to the cost. But having said that, I mean we always say that we'll give any uh, quotations completely free of obligation. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so if there's something the HR manager likes, but she's not sure if she can talk around the, the others, we'll say, well, look, why don't you have the, have the figures? Because I think that information is power, isn't it, really? Absolutely. See yeah. the figures. People might imagine things are going to cost more than they actually do. And sometimes that's enough. Um, yeah, I think that's Fantastic. it, really. Yeah. Okay. Are there any are there any changes in the in the pipeline regarding government legislation on on employee benefits? I don't think there's anything definite. The okay. things that they keep talking about, um, they keep talking about reducing tax relief on pension contributions for higher rate taxpayers. Um, yeah. But been talking about that for a long time, haven't they? And then the other one that I've seen recently, and wouldn't it be great actually if they were able to do it, is I mean, bearing in mind how the NHS is struggling, there has been uh, some uh, press comment about perhaps giving businesses some sort of tax incentive to introduce private medical insurance yeah. to their employees. And I mean, if they did, of course, that takes the, the whole thing is that takes pressure off the NHS and um, and then the, benefit, the business benefits through tax saving. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. It sounds like um, a bit of a no-brainer, really. I mean, you know, the, the NHS mm. would be uh, wouldn't wouldn't be so so burdened. The government saves money, so they can invest that into other things, um, you mm. know. And of course, the businesses get an incentive as well. So I, I think that's a, a great idea. Yeah. Yes, I thought it was a great idea. I thought I really hope that happens, but um, haven't you know how you see these things? And there's a flurry of comments about it and yeah. then it's died down i guess i guess the government's got a bit on its plate at the moment hasn't it Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a fair comment absolutely so for for businesses that are used to using you know service providers but you know providers of benefits directly as opposed to a broker what what are the advantages mm -hmm. of of using a broker and well, there's quite a few although you would expect me to say that anyway <laughs> um i think i think the first thing is really to save them time yeah. uh, so if you're a business and you're thinking about well, where do i start you might not know the different choices of benefits that you could access so you need perhaps somebody to tell you the types of things that you can do you might not need to know all the provide you might not know all the providers so um, I mean, a really good example, actually, is with private medical insurance. So if you were thinking, right, I need to take out some private medical insurance for my business, you would probably know three or four different providers that you could approach. Yeah. That's going to take you some time <laughs> to shop around, but to approach them all. Now, you, you may not know that there's, I think there's nine different providers. Well, we would go to all of them. Yes. And... The thing is that things like private medical insurance can vary between company and different providers, and they can vary between uh, postcodes and dependent on the size of the scheme. So right. you, I've got a I've got a little uh, slide somewhere actually, which on one example, and it was only I think it was only on a, a four man business. The difference between the lowest priced um, policy and the most expensive was around about £500 a month. Well, if unless you knew all of the different providers, how would you ever know which one you were going to go for? So, yeah. so that's one thing, um, doing that market comparison. 
But then the other thing is we're, we're able to look at all the different features of the policies and, for instance, one or two providers offer free optical and dental cover. Well, you wouldn't necessarily know that if you were looking at just a quote. You wouldn't know the quality of the provider. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing, actually, is that where we get what we call market feedback, um, which is where we've gathered all the quotes in, we will then, if we can, use that feedback to negotiate the best price with a provider. So if actually one policy looks like it's slightly better on cover, but they're coming out slightly more expensive, then we will negotiate on behalf of the client to try and get them the best price. So that that's one reason. And, and actually, um, the, an important thing is something called market parity. Yep which people probably think it's going to cost them more to use a broker. Now, some brokers do charge a fee. We don't, actually. We don't charge anything for getting quotes and doing that research. Um, so there's something called market parity, which means that presented with the same information, a provider's got to give the same quotes to everybody. So actually, if you chose to let us do the legwork or to go and do it yourself, the price would be exactly the same. Right. So you would do that, wouldn't you? And the Absolutely. other thing is, is having the annual proactive review, which is something that we do because um, actually things can change from year to yeah. year. And sometimes we might, we would don't try not to recommend people chop and change if we possibly can, but we actually do that annual review every single year to make sure that the client's still got the best policy. And like you were saying about people do review their policies, I think people do, but I've seen it with certain brokers sending people their renewal terms right at the last minute. Yeah. Right at the last minute, which gives them very little time to actually shop around or make a decision. And then in the end, they just think, oh, I better renew it. Too much hassle. Just renew. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. So that's, that's, that's why. Yeah. Well, that, that's really good because uh, I mean, just taking it from a, you know, from my own perspective of, for example, car insurance, mm. um, you know, you normally get a, a letter or an email, well, an email these days uh, mm. in, into your inbox <laughs> saying, you know, a month, a month or so before, you know, your policy's up yeah. for renewal, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Um, mm. But with you, you know, it, it is different with benefits because, you know, d different companies have a, a range of different individuals. This is just me and one car. So, um for you guys to actually have that review and, you know, you might be able to offer some advice on new things, new products or services coming onto the market. Whereas, yeah. you know, with cars, it's just like you get, you get the, the email that says, this is what your new uh, yes. monthly payment's going to be, you know, yes. if you're happy to renew, there's nothing to do. And they've sort of got you at that point to a degree, yeah. you know? Um, so it's a lot just more customer focused. Yes. I've just had that with my house insurance, actually. Yeah. It had gone up a lot, and I wasn't particularly happy. So I did ask a broker that I knew to have a look at it for me, and they actually came back and said, it has gone up by that amount, and actually that policy is a good policy. And so at least I knew. I, yeah. I mean, it's one of the things, actually, that was, so we offer free employee benefits reviews to people who have got things already. Yes. And... Um, and and that's one of the things I, I normally say and, and say, look, as long as you can uh, spend as, as far as a little bit of time to do the review, you're either going to come out the other end of it, knowing mm. what you've got's okay, 
or finding out that there's something better. Either way, yeah. it's sort of it's good, isn't it? Well, the the, the customer mm. gets peace of mind, don't they? Even if they don't mm. change, they they get that peace of mm. mind. So you're yeah. giving away added value, and people mm. remember that sort of thing as well. I think if you're giving a bit of free advice, people mm. always remember that. And you know, if you don't. Mm win them as a client this time round, they may be, you know, they'll remember that service yeah. next time. Yes, yes. Brilliant. We hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about Excelect. Um, mm. what, what sort of what sort of plans have you got? I mean, uh, I'm not overly familiar with the business historically. Um, mm. You mentioned, you know, you're a, a, a sort of, uh, is it 12, 12 person team? Yes, I mean, 12. what, what, yeah. what are the plans? I mean, it's it's a big area, isn't it? Employee mm. benefits. So yeah. there there must be a you know a, a huge opportunity um, yes. for a business like yours to to sort of grow. So what what what's yes. sort of, what are the sort of plans moving forward, Anne, for Excelect? Well, we are continuing to grow. I think at the start of the pandemic, I probably would have thought, well, nobody's going to want to talk about benefits at all now. That's it. Whatever, whatever <laughs> month that was, I was yeah. sitting there, nobody's going to want to talk about benefits. And I just could not have been more wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, Simon Kelly, our, our managing director, he started the business um, in 2014 with just him and one employee. When I joined, I was number six. Uh, which was 2019. I've tried to retire three times or twice, actually. I've just failed the most recent one. Um, and, and when I joined, yes, I was number six and now we're 12 and we're looking for two apprentices because our team's just growing and growing and growing. My, my role really, more than anything, is to, um, to try and spread the word about what what we do what we can offer yeah. to, to find new partners who would like to work with us and i genuinely think we're you know the, the good guys we really i think that's why i've stayed at excellent actually because i like um that we always put the client first and we always aim to do what we say we're going to do and i am i am a bit old i've been working since 1974 <laughs> uh, but i've got those traditional sort of service values yeah. in me and so i probably thought i would just get a little job to see me through to retirement and i joined for a couple of years and um four years later i'm still here because it just relates to my own ethos put the client first every yeah. single time and then we just that's that seems to work we've got a 97 percent client retention rate that's um good. so yeah, so not only are we, it's attraction and retention, isn't it? We're doing well on the retention and we seem to be attracting lots and lots of new inquiries as well. So continuing Brilliant. to grow, find new partners who'd like to work with us, take on a couple of apprentices and um, and stay happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to uh, good to you know good to know that your your values are aligned, you know, with the business. That's always important. And mm. you know, I think clients are always looking for um product or service providers to have you know values that are aligned to their own really so that's that's the way that's what makes the mm. the world go round well um, um it's it's been a, a great discussion today Anne. thank you very much for coming on as i said you know employee benefits um it's such an important topic um you know for all businesses you know this podcast goes out to you know predominantly manufacturing and engineering type businesses but it's it's relevant mm. at all levels so yeah. hopefully 
the viewers have or will by the time this comes out they will have enjoyed this this episode and mm. uh you know hopefully it will have shined a, a light on on what you're doing at Excelect and help you mm. with your uh your, your own business growth so thanks yes, for joining thank me you. today Thanks, Jeff. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So that wraps up today's episode. And um, I hope that the listeners have enjoyed this uh, particular discussion. Thanks again to Anne Barker. Thank you for listening and look out for the next episode of Insights for Manufacturing. See you next time and bye bye.